All right, Greg, cool it, man. You had your chance. Hey, man, I'm sorry, dude. I don't know how, or hey, uh, man, I don't know how to cool it, man. That's right, man. You're ruined, baby, you punk kid. I'm just trying to do what I do and being free, man. Like it's a radical time, man. You're, you're, you're like a radical. Hey, man, just hail to the chief, man. That's right. So be a baby. Yeah. And if you all haven't figured it out, which you probably haven't, we're talking about Prez, the first team president of the United States. Yes. 18 year olds vote Prez for president. Written by written and drawn by Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti. um, Longtime collaborators. Of course, you might have heard of Joe Simon before. Mm, Joe Simon, what has he done? Um, I don't know. He worked with <laughs> some guy that we <laughs> talked about on the OMAC podcast. You might have heard of him, Jack Kirby. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we brought up Joe Simon and Jack Kirby as well on our episode about the Blue Beetle. Because Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's studio uh, drew things for the other King of Comics, as you'll recall from that episode. That's correct. And Joe Simon and Jack Kirby were both innovators in the comic book industry. And I guess I didn't know as much about Joe Simon's uh, career uh, post the Golden Age and even early in the Silver Age. Uh, But I guess it makes sense that Joe Simon in 1972, 73 would come over and do some work uh, for DC Comics. It totally makes sense. Since Jack Kirby came to do some work for DC Comics. Got to get the band back together, man. So, of course, let them know what Joe Simon actually created, which co-created with Jack Kirby. The most famous thing. The most famous thing? Um, Hmm... The Boy the Commandos? Most, boy Command, Yeah. Uh, millionaire. The Millionaire Club. Was it Millionaire Club? I'm going to mess that up. <laughs> no, that was the green team was later. Oh, that wasn't uh, okay. with Jack Kirby. Okay. Sorry. You you did get it right, though. You you messed it up and you got it wrong. Yes. Uh, but, no, like Joe Simon. Um, we're not going to get too much into Joe Simon because we're going to freestyle on these books because they're more topical to now. Uh, then focusing on the creators this time, because it is the same two creators for uh, the four issues we're going to cover. However, it is important to point out that Joe Simon co-created Captain America with Jack Kirby. And they had their own studio in the Golden Age. And in fact, uh, they were so sought after that DC actually just bought them from Timely Comics, which was the precursor to Marvel Comics. Snatch them right up. Here's all this money. Bags of money come with us. And it literally was bags of money for them. And uh, DC put them on some projects. Things didn't really work out. They ended up doing a lot of war books and boy commandos and weird stuff like that. And then uh, Jack Kirby went back over and worked with some guy named Stanley. Stanley? Like Stanley Steamers? Like Stanley Steamers. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, no, Stanley, St- Stanley and Steve Ford, Steve Ford, the, the restaurant over in Tacoma? No, Stanley Steamers, like the, the carpet the people. Carpet cleaner. Yeah, yeah, the carpet. They got a catchy, catchy jingle. I think they both do. Stanley and Seaford's, I, 
are they even in business? I don't know. I think currently right now, everything's to kind of shut down. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> topical. Fair. Yeah. Topical. Well, anyway, not focusing on that. So no. <laughs> a lot of work here. We're not going to focus on Joe Simon's career today. Uh, we've talked about it before, but also we'll have another episode where we focus on a little bit more Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, uh, like we did a little bit in the Blue Beetle episode. And we'll go back and do a little bit more of that. However, today we are focused on four issues of Prez from the cover date is August, September, 1973. 1973, a great year. Is there... Some reason that people might have been dissatisfied with the president in 1973. Mm, I don't know. There's a lot going on back in back in that time frame, and uh, I think uh, I think a lot of choices, a lot of a lot of voices, a lot of a lot of um, dissidents. <laughs> yeah, some guy in office named Tricky Dick. Yeah. Impeached? Yeah. So Tricky Dick Nixon is president. Uh, not super popular. Vietnam War is happening. I don't think people are super thrilled with that. And maybe a little bit of racial strife happening in the country. Just a tad. Just a tad. There was a lot of changes, too, in uh, in uh, social standing, I guess, in, in a sense. Or not social standing, but in a... Uh, uh, like they did lower the age of voting, uh, change some of the other things that were uh, there and abouts for uh, the the younger the younger crowd, um, which would definitely push this book uh, into into existence, uh, i.e., lowering the voting age. Right. So they lowered the voting age to what, Greg? Eighteen. And why? Well, because if you've got a lot of people that are being uh, I was going to say conscripted, but uh, but uh, brought into the military through the draft at the age of eighteen, or or with parental consent, uh, you you kind of want to give them a voice in in those things, and uh, they lowered the age to eighteen so that they could have a voice in their political decisions that were being made, or in political decisions that were being made that would affect them moving forward. Yeah, I think conscripted is a, a fair statement. I mean, if you're being drafted and you're being told that you have to do something. Yeah, but in the United States, we don't like to say conscripted. We like to say drafted. Yeah, you know, I get drafted to play for a specific baseball team in a league. And you know, drafted for the military and being told I have to go to war is, is a little bit different, I think. It's a duty. It's a It's a thing we do. Yeah, but, but people were really questioning that at this time, right? Because yeah, definitely. they're they're like, why am I going to fight a war in Southeast Asia? And you have to draft me to do that. You haven't really given me a reason why we're doing this. And, uh, you know, we repeat history mm-hmm. sometimes. So you'll remember, you know, in 2001, we maybe got really excited about going to war to clean out those weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was also going back to a place in which the, the war had been fought and, and it ended uh, several years back before that. <laughs> so, um, uh, and yeah, and again, the start, the, I, I remember that war Sergeant slaughter turned on America and became a general for the Iraqi army. And oh then Hulk God. Hogan ended that war at WrestleMania, right? Or was it he, macho man? 
Um, you know, I, I, it might've been both of them. Or was it the ultimate warrior? It could have been all three. Could have been all three. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Sarge could, uh, could chime in and let us know and remind us what happened. And the iron Sheik all of a sudden became Iraqi. Yes. That, that was interesting. Yes. Yes. Considering Iran and Iraq are such great friends, you know, like, uh, made made sense but anyway yeah so throughout uh, american history we've gotten into some wars uh especially since vietnam mm-hmm. and some some would say the korean war right mm-hmm. that yeah. maybe we didn't belong in uh or you know historically we look back and if you look right now obviously uh the outgoing president, I think we can safely say at this point, mm-hmm. uh, promised to get us out of a lot of these wars, but we still have presence in a lot of places that we started uh, under George Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be George W. Bush. Of course, George H.W. Bush had the first Gulf War. Correct. So there's some consistency there as well. And right now, you know, they were in a war in Vietnam that seemed to be endless and they couldn't really figure out how to get out of it. So when exactly did the Vietnam War end? Um, when did it end? I, I want to say around the same time as this book came out, uh, technically speaking, um, ish. Yeah, it's it actually two years later, almost two years or a year and okay. a half. Yeah, April 30th, 1975 was the official okay. end of the Vietnam War. Because I, I, I know my dad got drafted in 73. I know he went through boot camp and he was put into service, into active, full active service Vietnam era uh, and never, never went in country during the time. Uh, he ended up staying, uh, doing missile silos. <laughs> but yeah, and it looks like, yeah, I'm just kind of looking um the very important history.com source from the history channel says that the last few Americans still in South Vietnam were airlifted from the country as Saigon fell to communist forces on April 30th, 1975. Okay. So yeah, I'm very timely for, for 18 year olds to want to have, uh, maybe, maybe a, uh, a hero, if you will, to, uh, to be their voice. And maybe, just maybe, younger generations in the country in 1973 were fed up with old establishment leaders who continued to do the same thing. Over and over again. Yes. And in these unprecedented times of 1973, people were protesting and the police were being used to clear them from the streets. Because police being used to clear people from the streets is unprecedented, right? Very so. Never very, happened. No, never, never. We, we've never seen this ever. Yeah, ever. it just suddenly started in 2020, right? Yeah, no, yep. <laughs> and so I don't want to end on a down note, but I think the part of the reason Greg and I picked this these books was because they're timely in the sense of their untimeliness. I mean, they're mm-hmm. ancient books. And they approach something, some of the stuff in incredibly crazy, wacky ways. But to Greg's point, they were trying to appeal to, I think, Greg, it was probably more of the 12 to like 16 year old who wanted to look up to somebody because they're looking at their future, seeing themselves potentially going to Vietnam, right? 
Oh, yeah. Or had a brother, uh, like, lost in the war, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, they're looking for change and they want something different. I think these books also, though, you're going to, as we go through them, they really serve as a, they try to serve as an escape. Yeah. They, they serve as a little bit of an escapism, but also they're footed, they're, they have a nice, a nice foothold in some sort of sense of reality, if you will. Uh, it's a little see it, if you see it, you can be it kind of, kind of framework. So by giving, by giving those kids, those 12 to 16 year olds, uh, a hope, uh, for, for a positive, uh, ability to make a change later, uh, in life, then they can, they can be that change. Right. So giving them that thing to look up to, Hey, an 18 year old kid can be president. What? (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, and if you look at Joe Simon's career, I, again, I'm not going to focus a ton on it, but this theme fits with some of the things that he'd done in the past. So I mentioned the Boy Commandos. Him and Jack Kirby also created the Newsboy Legion in the Golden mm-hmm. Age. And so this idea of kids serving in these adult-like roles or kids being thrust into these more adult environments, that's a theme uh, that, that Simon drew on for his writing several times. So it sort of makes sense that he would go after that. And, and Greg mentioned a, a book as well. Uh, the Green Team that we were joking about, which is yeah. another short run series uh, that he wrote for DC around the time too, is Green Team Teen Million Green Team Teen Millionaires. That's where you were, yes, uh, trying to get in there. And so, yeah, just kind of looking, uh, sort of placing kids in more adult situations, and then comedy ensues, right? Hilarity ensues. What's what's going to happen next? What 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 can what can they get into? What can they get out of? But and these I are, mean, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah, they're they're fun books. Uh, this book, however, uh, was not fun for the readers apparently because it lasted four issues. Sadly, four issues. Uh, there is there's a lot left to to want to to go into further. It, like I mean, reading this now and seeing some of the themes that they hit on, I'm like, man, this is like they're there's layers right there's there's things that they're touching on and you you pull away the jokes and the humor and stuff like that and it's like oh dude yeah there's some there's some good stuff in here there's some definite uh things that are very very well thought out and it's just it's and 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 it's like okay they they put some really good stuff in there and then even if you're reading it now you can look at it and you're like it's 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 laughable but it's very very real in our own time frame. I think, I think one of the things they tried to do, they tried to make it, I think Simon and Grandinetti tried to make it like a, a cartoon, like a Flintstones <laughs> type cartoon where there's, there's stuff for an adult reading it, but there's also stuff for a kid reading it. Right. And those layers yeah. are there. Yeah. I also, as we get into this and we'll take a look, I think we should start diving into, to the first issue. Yeah. Uh, but Grandinetti, I think, did a really good job to um, when it wasn't a serious theme, he could draw almost more of a, a comic-y yeah. uh, version of the page. But when it was serious, he could actually have the depth to the page to make it to make it a serious looking thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess one more thing before we get started. So this we're going to cover four issues. The fifth issue was actually in something we referenced before called Cancelled Comics Cavalcade. And we mentioned that when we were talking about OMAC and that's what happened to a lot of the books that were canceled in the seventies 
do the comics implosion, but I want to be clear. Prez is not part of the comics implosion. Uh, Prez was canceled <laughs> well before uh, the implosion happened, but they did use comics cavalcade to preserve copyrights. So they tossed a, our trademarks, sorry. So they trademarks. tossed a, and at the fifth issue of Prez and comp, Canceled Comics Cavalcade, but we will not be covering issue number five. Though you can get a copy of that issue in the Prez Trade uh, paperback. Believe it or not, there is actually a Prez Trade paperback. Definitely worth the read. It's it's a it's a really good issue. Um, I I kind of feel like it that one uh, tongue in cheek uh, story, but definitely hits a lot of themes that we're dealing with currently. Well, let's get into issue number one, yeah. the origin story and the making of Prez. Oh, it's yeah. Like dramatic. Oh, yeah. Making let's Prez. find out how. So what's going on on this front cover? Oh, there, so there's, much. A, there's a lot going on. It's like you got you got uh, you got some easy rider bikes going on on the sides. You got a bunch of angry people <laughs> like they're they're driving down the street in the Prez mobile. He's got his he's he's got his entourage in that car. There's a monkey um, that like you, you're going to find out about later. Uh, and uh, but angry, it, it looks like there's people on the side cheering him on. But as you start to read the you know the side notes, you're like, oh hey, wait a minute, that's uh, they're they're not happy about yeah. all of this. They don't look very happy um, no. that an 18 year old became the president of the United States, uh, which I could I that makes sense. Uh, but of course, 18 year olds can't be president of the United States. So let's figure out what happened. They can't be president of the United States, but they can run for seats in your, in your local government. So, board. huh? I'm sorry. What was that, Dan? <laughs> on, on school boards. <laughs> and they can move, make their way through and, uh, and get, and get seats later on as they, as they make their way through and, uh, and, and learn politics and and move to Eastern Washington because they can't get elected here. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it across the country and this isn't, this is not necessarily a bad thing in some places because, uh, as we, as we hit these notes in this book, uh, it's definitely one of those things where sometimes, sometimes the change you need is the change that you get or the change you get is the change you need. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we just elected like a 9 million year old president. So congratulations us. Hey, sometimes, sometimes the change you get is a change you need. <laughs> Anyways, that's fair. So we are looking at the first page. Uh, I would just like to point out, Greg, that you probably should enroll in the program on the front page. Oh yeah. I got to get my bodybuilding on. That's Mr. Perfect physique. It is. It is. I, it says so. I, I know, and I could definitely get that body and look look swole, look good, and uh, and to fit in some tight fitting spanky shorts like that, and uh, get that Hercules 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 two Hercules two uh, plan. You can absolutely do that. I think it's it's really important that you go ahead and get that free information on how to build muscle. Oh man. If only they'll send me the how to guide and does it come with a poster and a chart to make my, get my biceps bigger? Cause in a few short weeks I want to, uh, yeah, flex. So. it looks like it bulging biceps and my friends will gasp in astonishment. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, can you really pick up a six inch spike and bend it effortlessly and hand it to a buddy? Oh man, I want to. I might be able to. Well, so uh, we say, oh, say does that star spangled banner yet wave question mark. Yes. There is a lot going on on these pages. Oh yeah. They're, they're, like you said though, I mean, it's the, the art, it, these pages drip with great, like fun stuff to see. Every page is an experience. Uh, and I want you to take a shot every time you see a sound being described as art in this book. God, you'd never make it through this book. If that, if somebody, if a, if one of our listeners does that challenge, they might die. Don't do that. Please don't. You might die on the first page. Yeah. Oh, on the first page. It's like you, one, two, three, uh, four, five. Oh my gosh. You, 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 yeah. So Prez is racing his amazing, race car yeah like, he's a, he's got, a race car driver he never did come in last he never did win a checkered flag but he, wait i'm sorry i messed that up too <laughs> yeah. so so we get we get to the uh page and uh you flip the page and it's a big splash page this is the story of the most powerful man on earth he is not a superhero but a teenager who became who becomes the president of the united states whoa it's not a true story not yet but someday it may happen and the history books of the future may read like this story of Press by Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti. So they're announcing it and uh, there he's in the car, he's racing and he wins the race and his name just happens to be Prez, P-R-E-Z. Oh, yeah, that's a, just a coincidence. And he Prez Richards. He wins the race. Wait a minute. Did I, did you win the dog barking? I believe I won the dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, at least my dog barks a real dog bark. So we are now getting back into this and <laughs> uh, Prez... I shouldn't take shots at the little miniature dogs. I mean, yeah, they're cute. They're and one only has right? three legs. Oh, of course. You're going to go to the, the one that has three legs as opposed to the lead barker. The lead barker. I know. The, the gremlin. You go for sympathy there. I see how that works. Yeah. The, uh, so did Prez wins the race and, uh, they don't know what time the race is, which I find fascinating. They're racing and they're like, what is the winning time? And one guy's like six minutes and 27 seconds. And the other guy's like five minutes and 30 seconds. That just seems a little off. None of the clocks work in this town. So Prez wins and he goes around town. Uh, fixing all of the clocks because the town of steadfast needs their clocks cleaned or fixed, fixed, fixed. Right. But we do have a bulletin in March of 1971, the 92nd Congress of the United States ratifies the 18 year old vote. I assume that was a, an amendment. Uh, and so we know how that happened, right? That was mm-hmm. an amendment and it yes. ratified the amendment. Okay, cool. Um, 
But somehow we now have uh, 18-year-old presidents. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, you so can. Pre- you can. By, I mean, it's it, – it, hey, man, it's comic book logic. We're not going to – we're we're not here to, to tear that apart, are we? Are we? Are we? I don't think so. Okay. But we are here because <laughs> the very important issue of clocks. Yes. And one of Prez's says friend wants the clocks fixed because they don't all run at the same time. No. And she says, we've got the votes now. Can't we do something about the clocks? Because clearly, once you become a voting age, the most important issue is whether or not the clocks in your town all operate at the same time. Exactly. I mean, because... Telling the time is important. I mean, if you can't get to school on time, if you can't, uh, you know, no one knows what time it is, then you're never going to know. And, you know, it, it bothers Prez. So Prez seemingly is a man of unlimited talent, goes out with his toolbox and begins fixing all of the clocks in the town. Yeah. And we head to chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two, the boss of Slum City. Oh, man. And you're in Central City, USA, and it opens up and it looks like... That's not where the Flash lives. No, it is not. It is... Well, it could be. It doesn't look like where the Flash lives. The Flash lives in Central City. It, it Alternate timeline. Mandela effect. I feel like... Maybe this wasn't very good editing. <laughs> they, uh, they, they were, they were going for it. this. Is it? It has a. It, this is the fun. The it, it goes. It this this page just just jumps at sad fun to me. There's a cat that looks like Heathcliff. He's getting a fishbone. There are all these smiley faces everywhere, which everyone is sad in this town. Yeah. In Central and, City, which is Slum City. Well, apparently there's some guy named Boss Smiley and the garbage uh, men are paying him and to just dump garbage Smiley's anywhere. taking their welfare checks. Yeah, because you know, Boss Smiley says you dump it in the river and now he wants the welfare checks because And so they protest Boss Smiley. And this is this is one of the things we're talking about. When you transition from page five to page six. Yeah. Page page five looks like a, a sad little town. Page six goes to like people protesting and they look crazed. Oh, they are they are an angry mob of folks with signs, throw the bums out, pig, pig, pig. Good on the coloring too. There's just a lot of yeah. yellow and purple. It's and, bright. Yeah. It's very seventies. I love and it. And then the police uh start beating people up. Um yeah. They're coming in on their horses and they got their billy clubs and they're they're whacking and walking people and they're busting them up. And then we get the uh, and then we get the uh, Tea Party Republicans at the bottom of the panel. I mean, the people at the bottom <laughs> of the panel yeah. uh, saying that's the only way to handle those punk kids, beat them up for protesting. How dare they voice their opinion? Uh, they shouldn't be doing that. And then they. They turn to their friend, Boss Smiley. Boss Smiley is the meanest, most vicious man in the world, according to them. But that's what makes him so successful. 
Look, boss, so, there's blood. Yeah, uh, this guy's a <laughs> this guy's a gem. So, did you describe him? He's got like it's like they took the tan version of the comedian button from Watchmen, except this was probably stole for Watchmen. Yes, and put it on a guy's face. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's his face. So it's just a big smiley button. So he's a Walmart logo. <laughs> <laughs> so Walmart is beating up the children of the kids in the streets and wants Walmart, their welfare checks. Walmart is taking the welfare checks of people from impoverished communities. Oh my gosh. What? I mean, that doesn't happen. I'm just, I, th- I'm just saying what I see on the page here. I'm just, and then Greg, and then, in these unprecedented times we live in now, this is the first time any of these bad things have ever happened. Never have I seen this before, ever. <laughs> and then, but but he's but he's a man of uh, he he he's a man of reason. He says you can't clobber kids. You can't th- these kids. You can't you can't hurt them. You know because you know the ballot box. Boss Smiley is also like two and a half feet tall. He's got a nice picture on his wall. What's a what's that picture? Who who's who's that guy with him? Uh, oh, historical, um, yeah. Uh, two boss smiley from Adolf. Oh, okay, must be an uncle or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just is he wearing a boogaloo flannel sh- or a flowered shirt up there? I think so. Can't tell. Maybe we're gonna get thrown off the uh, network for this episode, aren't we? Probably, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, it, yeah I we'll mean. See the can't get much worse. So, uh, boss smiley has put himself everywhere. It he's reading that girl though. So, I mean, he can't be that bad. He's reading that girl. <laughs> yeah. He's got, got an issue I, I girl on his that. desk. Ha. Ah, I totally missed that. There, <laughs> right there. There's just so much going on in these panels. I mean, they are dense. Uh, if you flip to the next page, eight and nine, it is insane. Uh, Boss Smiley's smile is everywhere. Boss Smiley's smile is sporting the Statue of Liberty. I think there are some allusions to, um, we mentioned Tammany Hall before in, in the Superman episode mm-hmm. and uh, versus the Klan episode. And I think there's still a lot of allusions to gang control. This is clearly a city environment. We're looking at a lot of control here and people are just unhappy with the political landscape. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if people think the political parties ignore them and just do what they want anyway. Even say if you wanted, like, I don't know. Let's say you wanted, like, a candidate that agreed with you and, and felt like maybe, like, you know, no student loans are bad and, and that maybe people should free health care and then the party just chooses somebody who thinks you should keep your insurance and doesn't want to forgive student loans. And then you make them president. Again, I've never, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It's, it's, it's (laughs) almost like, it's almost like you feel like you're being ignored for some reason and that there's just overwhelming, happy, smiley figure that is so happy that they, they got elected. (laughs) Are you talking about boss smiley? Yeah. I, I just, I don't, <laughs> again, it's unprecedented times. 
<laughs> Nobody's ever felt this before. No. So I headed over to page 10. And uh, page 10. Well, the they day go, Bill they told the off big... his boss. Yeah, they go to the big. Yes, the day Bill told off his boss, which which if you if you follow on our which on fits our... so well into this issue, I cannot tell you when I saw this happen. It's hilarious. It's like it's a pretty good one. It's you got to be kidding you and the, electronics. The boss, <laughs> the boss in a white shirt and black tie, like IBM outfit, right? Mm-hmm. Is screaming at this guy in a flannel shirt, right? Or a plaid shirt. Plaid shirt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, because I went to Cleveland Institute of Electronics. (laughs) I'm going to leave this crummy job. He's done stamping papers that say filed and completed because he's going to go do computer stuff in his home. It's fine. I just think it, it like it's 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 so this the, the ad makes me laugh, but it's also so sad that it is in this issue. Yes. And yeah. its placement is worse because the placement is like right after Bob Smiley throws one of his 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 workers out of the window. Right. Talking back to him. <laughs> and then you have this guy. It's telling his boss off. Uh, <laughs> page 10, uh, boss Smiley decides that he needs to take advantage of, of the new voting ages. And he wants to invigorate the electorate who is under 25 that hates him. And he wants to choose a new candidate for Senate. And he has some great examples. Uh, so he says, everybody needs a gimmick or his associate says everybody yes. needs a gimmick and they go to Mussolini. He made the first railroads. example. Yeah. He made railroads run it's a good gimmick. I, got, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like Benito Mussolini may have had a few problems <laughs> that oh, they're glossing over here. Just a few, just a few. <laughs> And then they show Gandhi sitting on railroad tracks, stopping the trains. Uh, They mention that Lincoln freed the slaves. And then he says, these punk kids never did nothing, boss. Here's one who did. Prez Rickard. A man of the times. He made the clocks run on time. (laughs) So they're choosing a candidate gimmick based on the fact that he fixed some clocks. All right. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you've never been to the town of Steadfast before, it's a sight to see. <laughs> it is not Central City. It is not. Um, it looks like we have now landed in uh, downtown Puyallup. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Centralia, but. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it does. It kind of does. It does feel like that, but um, there yeah. is there is Sir's old uh, his dad's clock, the jeweler clock, right there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you guys don't know who Sir is, and you've never listened to us before, that was our debate coach, and he grew up in Centralia, and his father was jeweler. And uh, if you want to go look up 
pictures of Centralia Washington, because I know this conversation is invigorating you on the other end of the podcast. You can see the jeweler's clock in downtown Centralia. Yes. And if or Chehalis. You know, I, I messed that up completely. Yes, yes. But yeah. there's a lot of great things to do down there. So if you do go down there, you could uh, take a stopover at one of the fine, fine establishments like McMinimins. Hopefully they'll sponsor us. And uh, you can stay in a room in which a bank robber stayed in. So good news. Uh, Prez gets told uh, that he could be a senator and he's very excited. And he looks very smug. Uh, the art here is kind of cool. Like I like oh, yeah. it, it. It's interesting. Maybe you can help explain this technique to me. Cause I don't quite understand the technique. Um, I know the pencil he's penciling and inking himself, but the it's, it's this interesting. Like Prez just kind of looks like a normal kid, normal kid. And then he mm-hmm. gets told, Hey, do you want to be a Senator? And he sort of gets like this really smug look on his face. Yeah. And it's just like, it goes from normal kid to like that blown out smile of like, yeah. I mean, he looks like a homeschool kid whose mommy just told him he got an A. Yeah. And and I find it funny that he's got a, he's got a sweater already that says Prez USA. Yeah. He just got told he's the best in his class. Yeah. At homeschool. Yeah. Yeah. His house is very, very, uh, um, I want to say patriotic. He's got lots of patriotic things around the house. And you too could have a smoke cloud, magic cards. Not the magic cards you're thinking of. No, no. Uh, but mad- Karate, uh, secret spy, classes, yeah. and monster a hands, monster ghost. Ugly, yeah. ugly hands, werewolf mask. Trick baseball. Yeah, slot machine. What? Weighted wristlets. I don't even know what that means. What are you practicing for with weighted wristlets? Well, anyway, so chapter three, uh, Eagle Free. Okay, I I do need to preface this. So uh, in the early 1970s, uh, this also happened in Green Lantern, Green Arrow, a few other places. Uh, DC tried to honor Native Americans and mm-hmm. would you say tried is a good word? Yeah, they, they, they try to bring them into many different book series as, um, as characters, uh, as, uh, often as the, um, I, I, I don't want to say like a sidekick, but like, a as a, the, you've, you've got your A and your B character and free Eagle or Eagle free is a definitely the B character. The B story. Yeah, the B character. I think the the difference from earlier stereotypes is that the natives in these stories are actually smarter uh, than the main character often. Yeah. Or solving different types of problems. Um, I I have... This is somewhat problematic description. You have a guy with no shirt on with really stereotypical garb. It's indistinguishable garb, too. Like, it's not really linked... Um, but, uh, you go out and they're driving down the road and, um, the boss smiley throws out his cigar. It lights some things on fire. Free Eagle puts the fire out and then or Eagle free. Yeah. I'm going to mess that up a billion times. And then I think the interesting thing is Eagle free has like a menagerie 
oh my god it is like a it's like it's almost as if he's like noah and <laughs> has two of everything he's got all the animals you could ever imagine that don't make sense to have in this area but he's got them yeah he has an elephant um a gorilla is that some a monkeys anteater a bear it looks like yeah it looks like a bear um maybe elk? like a, a an zebra elk? A, uh, a rock monster oh oh that's not that's just a rock i'm a sorry <laughs> a rock monster <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because I do feel like they like have this depiction, but then they it's almost like they try to make it cartoony enough to make it not offensive Mm -hmm. in a sense. But yeah, Yeah. I think if some of you are reading this, you might you might take a pause here and this character will show up a little bit more, mostly in this first issue. Uh, So, oh, no, he well, no, it's here. Which character? The rock monster or the eagle free eagle from eagle free? He's like he's 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 he's. He is the Tonto to Prez's Lone Ranger. See, and I would story. actually say that he's not. And, really? and here's why. Yeah, okay. because if you look at the Lone Ranger and Tonto, Tonto it uses a simplistic speaking. It's really insulting. Like, it's a really bad stereotype. This is true. Of this idea of, like, the quote-unquote savage mm-hmm. and the faithful and wise savage you could make that argument here, uh, but we're going to see in a second where Eagle Free, and let's go ahead and flip the page. So I want to get into that, but I, I do think it's different. And and oh, that's where I, 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 that's totally, where I say I think they were trying. I, I, I agree with you that it's, it, it is not, it is not that, but it is like, if you were going to give, if you were going to give somebody a, a, a slight comparison to something that they know, then that would be the thing that they know. This is definitely something different than that. You're right. I mean, Eagle Free is definitely he's a he's he is he's a very intelligent and uh, very uh, as as the story unfolds, uh, you get to get to see he's not uh, he's not a, a mystic in any sense in that in that way. Well, I think the the other piece, too, is, as we'll see as the story goes on, I don't want to give away all of Eagle Free's roles throughout all four books, but you'll see Eagle Free leave. Like, he's he's a B character in the story, but he's not the sidekick of Prez. Yeah. And that's where I think it's different, too. Uh, in, in The Lone Ranger, I'm not a huge Lone Ranger history aficionado, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but you wouldn't necessarily see like Tonto go and open a business. True. He's but like the Lone was, Ranger like, couldn't do anything servant. without Tonto. <laughs> yeah. That I find hugely problematic. And, and those depictions I find and very problematic. This one. And more than problematic, I'm just going to call it racist, right? Like it's, they're racist. The like Tonto is racist, very racist. <laughs> this I find problematic, but not to that extent. And hey, listeners, feel free to disagree with us. Just drop me a line if you think we should explore this in maybe yeah, a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But I I do see a difference between the two. So I'm gonna get into this uh, looking at it. So they're headed to steadfast. 
and they can't figure out why anybody wants to go there. And the boss is like, Hey, it's the next home of the next president, the United States. They're going to go get Prez. Oh yeah. To take care of some business. <laughs> so, they, got, they got business to do and he's the man to do it or and, the young man to do it. Oh, Prez has the most epic turtleneck. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, like I I would love to see somebody cosplay as Prez sometime. I don't think I have that hair anymore. So if you'd have to go back out in there time. Wants to wants to blow my mind, show some pictures of you rocking a Prez USA turtleneck sweater and an awesome either either, you know, like you've got the awesome hair or just rock a wig. Cause that'd be awesome. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I am two for two on the dog tonight. Oh yeah. So. Okay. So (laughs) apparently they're going to build a super highway. And of course the boss is funding that, right. Or getting all, he's not funding. He's getting all the money, right. He has a government contract or something. Yeah. And bring they, lots of money. they just launched some dynamite. And somehow the dynamite blows up the dam. Yep. Well, and, and they, then, get, they get Prez to, to be the one to, to do it because, you know, the, it's a, it's a great photo op. Right. And then they come in and there's some construction equipment and it looks like a tank and the menagerie takes it all out. Yes. And they're really upset that the machines are getting ruined. So Prez says, this is a weird scene. And he's got a crew of four foot. He's looking for an Indian with a kid, an Indian kid. With a crew of four footed wreckers. So I assume that's his menagerie. Yeah. Because taking things out. Eagle Free has come in with all those animals to wreck shop on all those machines and, and to stop the, the flooding. But they take out Prez and they take Prez back to uh, Eagle Free's seemingly evil lair. And we find out. What? That he's a scientist. Oh, my gosh. Damn it, man. I'm a scientist. I sort of think I know which one of the two I would like to be president now. Yeah, probably Eagle Free. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that he probably would be a better president than Prez. He seems to know what he's doing. Probably. Because he lives there with the animals. He also teaches. He, you also find out he went to university and came back and... Uh, did some blended culture stuff, which that I find problematic too. So let's, I just do want to mention it though. <laughs> it was the seventies, man. It's the seventies. It's okay. Chill again, again. And I do want to acknowledge this too, right? For a book in 73, I know I'm, I'm looking at it in a 2020 lens. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Simon's trying to take a character and, you know, place a native American on a positive light in a book. Right. So I I need to acknowledge that. Um, It's just we've come so far with like the idea of how we depict things. 
And, you know, I, I doubt Joe Simon, I, I could be wrong. Right. But I doubt Joe Simon like went to a tribe and was like, Hey, you know, if I was going to have some, uh, Grandinetti, my artist, draw some, draw something based on your tribe, what would you want it to be? And how would you depict that? Right. And, and how would you move forward? So mm-hmm. it's sort of the indistinguishable nature of it that I have a problem with. Right. It's like, yeah, I think well, what I think what he was trying to do was make it so it was that Eagle Free was more. Um, he had he had a look and feel that anyone of native native heritage could could look at and say, "Oh, okay." There's a familiarity there, and there's so much going on in his in his lair in his cave with all the different things and artifacts that he has that they come from all the different tribes. So there's not, it's indistinguishable. So because he's, he studied all these things of the ancestors. So there's, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, Eagle free has taken the time to, to learn of all these things or tried to, you know, in his, in his short time on this earth. And For I think sure. that when uh, probably what, what they were doing was making it again, accessible. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with uh, smashing every native culture in the United States into one as that. <laughs> Great. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to be positive here. I know you're trying to be positive. I, I, I think it's important to talk about this stuff though, too, right? No, no the I book, understand. The I, book's I, addressing I, like rioting and, yeah. and, you know, and intersectionality and, uh, you know, hurting the poor and mm-hmm. having an established order, uh, siphon money off everyone else and protests. And we've got all that going on and, and we have this and they're trying but they're not succeeding. <laughs> well, like we talked about before in other podcasts and other episodes where you didn't have people doing the research, like you just said, they, they, they weren't doing the research like we do now. Uh, and you got a lot of creative teams that, that do that. They do the footwork or their edit their, their editors do that or make sure that they're in line with those things. And, uh, they have a lot of people making sure that they're, uh, the story is correct and that things don't um, don't do exactly this. Right. So we've learned from the past to make a better present. Yep. All right. Getting back in. So Eagle free convinces Prez to help him and turn on the boss. And Teaches so the ways we of the woods of yep. the forest get a situation and they decide to go sneak in and sneak up and steal some files from the boss. Yep. They get in and there. They get some them, things. And they of course are incompetent and get caught. Well, they're young. They were trying. They had a plan. It didn't go right. Boss Smiley and his crew got him. And then Prez tells him, boss, I'm going to get you. You won't even be able to fix a traffic ticket. 
And Boss Ooh. is like, you'll never have a chance. I'm renouncing you. I'll get a new candidate. Someone smart who will take orders. Because <laughs> that's what smart people do. But it's too late. It's election day. Because the clock is ringing and you know who fixed the clocks. That's right. Steve. Prez. And now Prez goes and votes. And in all a the young booth voters. Without a mask. Well, because all the and all the young voters go out and vote, they turn out like no one's ever seen the turnout before. Because the political machine, they were motivated. Yeah, they got their Twitter threads going and a lot um, of Facebook, the it's TikTok. 19, it's nineteen seventy three, Dan. There's no, there's no Twitter. There's no TikTok. Oh, there's how there's, did they, how did they know to vote if TikTok and Twitter didn't tell them the clock? The only TikTok they knew was the clock. And it went on the, bong, 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 the bong. evening news. Bom 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 bom. That yes, Dan Rather. Yeah. He told them, "Go vote." Walter Cronkite. Oh, Walter Cron- Walter Cronkite. Sorry. <laughs> Dan Rather might be that old. I'd have to look. No, no. I think I think uh, Walter Cron- Cronkite and then Dan Rather was like probably ten years later. No, Dan Rather. He, yeah, he was. He's. He was definitely Dan Rather. Definitely did stuff in the eighties. Um. But I think he was doing stuff in the seventies. He he might have been. He he probably wasn't doing. He probably wasn't a seat on the news. He was probably, um, maybe doing editorial stuff or something like that. You're gonna look it up now. <laughs> You're interested. He's got to find out. He's got to know. I've got to know. How He's got to you know. know. How well, do you know? I, I got to know. I well, imagine. I mean, he was he was probably doing news and other things, but he probably wasn't. I was I was a hundred percent right. He was the evening news anchor from nineteen eighty one to two thousand five, so starting in the eighties. Correct. So there we go. But you were right, he was definitely doing the news before then. Yes. You had that dead on. Just not just not on an anchor seat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely. But he was uh, covering the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Hey. So there's that. He was that. there with all those youngins. So now uh, Prez is president and they play Hail the... Ch- or, well, he's not president yet. He's a senator. Yes, he's a senator. And then he becomes the president. Yes, because he is running... On the new flower party ticket. Right. The new flower party ticket that, what do you think the new flower party's platform is? Um, fix the clocks. Fix the clocks. He swept into an office with a youth blitz after an undistinguished career. That's a good question. What would the party ticket, what would their, what would their platform be? Well, clearly the media is trying to get him out of office. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> but he was voted in. Well, they said he had an undistinguished career, so yeah. they can't understand how he got in. Um, yeah. And I, I was kind of disappointed here because he talks about the next issue of his comic book here. Well, oh, yeah. Eagle Free. Eagle Free? Yeah, Eagle Free. And so Eagle Free seems to be breaking the fourth wall a little bit. A little bit. And uh, Prez tells us 
that we will never guess who the vice president will be. And I would never guess because in looking at this photo, I thought that Eagle Free was the I, vice president. I, I, I would have thought so too, but I mean, you he says like before that in the in the panel prior, he's like a lot of things, including Eagle Free as the FBI chief, right? And you as my vice president. But okay. we don't know who the vice president is. Could it be the monkey behind the chair? Could it be that mystery figure talking to them? Could it could be? Could it be the clock? We don't know. We won't know until issue number two. Ah, uh, but you receive astoundingly real tanks actually exploding and a tank trap for only one dollar and sixty nine cents. Oh and man, a bunch of fighting awesome. ships. That's pretty good. That's a good deal. And you can never choose a better career, even if you never went to college, because you're going to the International Correspondent Schools of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Accounting, bookkeeping, business management, computer programming, executive is secretary. That, is that where Michael Scott got his degree? Probably. Probably. And then are you ready for your Daisy BB gun? Yes. Well, I don't think you are, Greg, because oh. you left your bike outside and your parents are going to know that you aren't responsible enough for a BB gun. Maybe you left your bike outside because your parents did know you were ready for the day's BB gun. Okay, well, that finishes up issue one of Prez. So we now know the origin of Prez. Uh, he was swept into office after constitutional amendments made 18-year-olds eligible to vote and he was swept in on a wave of anti-old people a blitz of anti-old people yes and that's going to be a wrap for episode 257 our coverage of prez number one and we're going to get into more issues of prez the teenage president in the next couple episodes so join us for more funny book forensics next time